welcome back to Blackout, House of Bob's cyberpunk adventure set in the Vantal Megaplex and powered by the Sprawl RPG system. Hi, I'm Christina, and I'm playing Olivia Crow, who's on the run for Mascorp while trying to figure out who's friend and who's foe. This is Schubert. I'll be playing Bunk, the cyberfunky audio junkie, packing beats on the Vantal streets. My name is Alex. I'll be playing Garrett, conspiracy theorist, wildcard, senior citizen. I'm Dan. I'll be playing Tiz, the hard-nosed reporter, tracking down corruption no matter the cost. And I'm Jake, your GM. If you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, or just tell your friends about us. Roll on. Last session, the four of you were confronted by Bailey in Jericho's apartment. Bailey was interested in the sentry drone that you found in the room, demanding you hand it over so they could turn it into their client. Fortunately, the complicated history between the lot of you led to negotiations quickly breaking down, with the hidden sniper taking a shot at Garrett. The fight was long and brutal, with Garrett barely avoiding death, but ultimately Olivia was able to escape with the sentry, bunk with Garrett's body, and Tiss with Bailey's life. The team rushes towards the RV, loading the mysterious cargo into the back, and stomp on the gas, fleeing the scene as a swarm of emergency vehicles descend on the construction site. You do have a few things to take care of, but probably top urgency is that you have a very badly damaged Garrett in the RV. He does need proper medical attention ASAP. Trauma derms and ENT kits are not going to cut it. Uh, you know, his leg is shattered. His cybercoms are wrecked. He's been hit pretty bad. Hmm. We don't really know this area very well, do we? I have uh, that thing where I can pull out a contact. Yeah, th- this is probably not your usual haunt, but I'm sure you've uh, been here for a story once or twice or just, you know, met a guy online, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Her name is Melissa and she's a horse doctor. Now, it's unfortunate that you broke your leg. Uh-oh. Here's getting turned to glue. I don't have any hopes. Make sure to harvest a seed first to set them out later. Oh, no. That's been dust for years. Come on. Gross. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, so sorry tell us more about Melissa the horse doctor (laughs) (laughs) well my family used to own horses and she was our go-to doctor (laughs) who has horses anymore not many people I feel like you gotta be super rich to have horses nowadays yeah were you rich you had to be rich where's the space for that right it was fine not my parents like distant relative sure (laughs) that I went to visit on their ranch outside of the city the last ranch (laughs) The last ranch on Earth. So Melissa's kind of on the outskirts. We're going to have to go. We're going to have to book it. I don't even know where we are right now. Where are we? We're in Puget (laughs) Sound. So I'm going to point this out because I have used this move wrong so many times. Is that this role determines whether or not you know them. It works different than a regular contact. This is like the know people or the fixer move? Yeah. Yeah, so it's I know people. Oh, it's a style roll. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me check my style. I think my style is okay. Nope. No style. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. 
remember bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So once permission, you may introduce new contact, name the contact, say what they do, then roll style. Melissa, horse doctor. <laughs> and then we'll see the result of your roll. Oh, one of them's a two, so I can't. Oh, the other one's a two. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like the the consequence here. It's you know them all right. <laughs> Tell the MC why they dislike you. <laughs> uh, so Tis does have a relationship with this lady Melissa, but it didn't actually. It's uh, well, you you tell us. <laughs> well, she used to be our horse doctor. <laughs> Last time we interacted with her, we cheated her out of paying the bill. Why'd you do that? Why? Because we're not rich. Oh, I see. That's our real secret. I mean, that, that seems really out of character for Tiss, but I guess just this was your It's not necessarily family member me, they're not my horses. It's just yeah. the association with my family now. Right, the Tiss family name, whatever that is. Yeah, what, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And these are like cyber horses or? No. <laughs> Just regular horses. I love how <laughs> the pause there. Why, why can't regular horses just be like normal? Because we're playing cyber. Yeah, there can be regular horses. They're probably like genetically engineered secretly or something. Yeah, they, they run twice the speed as they used to, but they're still horses. Right. A horse by any they other name. Twice the speed this a horse now? is a horse. Of course, of course. <laughs> we might just have to start the episode over. <laughs> <laughs> We're all so off topic now. We're not even just off topic, but we all got the giggles. Uh, I'm good. I'm shaking it out. Yeah. yeah. It's just absurd, but I love yeah, it. Yeah, it is a little absurd. <laughs> but it is pretty funny. Uh. All right. So, yeah, this person lives a little bit out of town, of course. So it's a bit of a drive up there. Garrett is kind of, I think, in and out of consciousness. And you've used what you can from the EMT kit just to keep him stable. And you pull up to um, a ranch outside of town and probably like median where there's some more space for this kind of thing. Is this like real rustic or is it kind of a weird modern take on a ranch or... She has the classic ranch house, but she has kind of like an industrial building off to the side, actually, for like her actual medical practice. Sure. Okay. Well, yeah, I like that. So like there is the very kind of classic rustic ranch house, but then it's attached to it, obviously a new modern addition that looks much more kind of sleek and hospital sterile and that kind of thing. You pull up and get out of the car and you see this woman tending to one of the horses in the field. Melissa, older, younger? About the same age as me. Okay. And they go, well, well, well. (laughs) You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here, Tiss. Melissa, I can explain. Yeah, you better. (laughs) (laughs) And explain in a way that doesn't make all of us go into fits of giggles. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) <laughs> can we just deal with this later we got, a, yeah. we, got, we got a guy bleeding out here yeah they look past Tiss and into you know the side door of the RV is open and you see Garrett leaning on Bunk's shoulder and barely alive and they say oh geez come in come in and they point towards the uh, hospital section alright we back up the RV and then roll him out on yep. a horse gurney I guess <laughs> <laughs> It's just really, really big. 
<laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll flash ahead a little bit too. Garrett is, you know, he, he's been given the basic medical treatment enough to make sure that he's stable and he's going to at least hang in there for a while. But I think he's probably still, he's, you know, un- un- sleeping now, unconscious anyway. What's my harm clock? I think it's still at six. Like okay. those things don't right. go down normally. Okay. Well, we'll see actually. Yeah, well, we'll see once we kind of find out okay. how well this goes overall. So yes, again, you've had just kind of the basics to keep you stable. And Melissa has been quiet the whole time, ignoring the lot of you, but then breaks the silence and goes, this guy must be pretty important to you if you came all the way out here. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he's something, all right. (laughs) Take that as you will. (laughs) I just go, he's our lucky charm. I've done what I can here, but, you know, this is not, as you might call it, a people hospital. (laughs) I don't really know what you want me to do from here. (laughs) So he's alive? Is He's yeah, a, he's he alive, but kind of barely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's stabilized. Yeah, right? I mean, but basically, like she's done the bare minimum that she can do. If you want more from her, Tiss is going to have to do something to you know kind of convince her that you're worth helping. Grease the palm. So do I have like a a cast, or did she just like strap a branch to my broken leg or something? <laughs> I think you probably have a cast. Yes. Okay. Melissa, the the sins of my my parents are not the sins of me. (laughs) I'm willing to pay you up front right now. I got my checkbook out. What what do I owe you? Why don't you roll then a a fast talk, kind of to see how this negotiation goes. She's obviously has a pretty poor perception of you in the past, but maybe you can smooth it over. Good, another style roll. Oh, that one was good, though. I got 11. I'll have to see how much money I have, too. I don't even know if I can afford to save you. <laughs> I think this comes out of Garrett's pocket. That's true. I'm going to just... Garrett, what do you have on you? Uh, one cred. No. My, no, you, literally. I have one cred. Yeah, we he, shake, he we shake you out. <laughs> <laughs> we shake out the drugs. <laughs> everything. Yeah, this is a street value of at least three cred. I don't remember what I spent it all on, but I had eight when we started you downtime. Bet, I think you bet three on this mission. I did. And, and then and you bought uh, Alexa's debt was, I think, three as well. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So that came in handy, right? Jeez. It did. Did it? Not, I don't know. Yeah, it did. It's just you guys blew it after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking gave it away. We could have, we could have paid Dr. Horse with that debt. It's not like she had the money. That was the whole problem. Right. But you know, it's like equity, right? Right. I don't know how money works. I don't think that's how it works in this case. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure personal debts accrue equity. (laughs) It's called interest, I think. Yeah, she's a bounty hunter on the side. Oh, well, you should have told us that. (laughs) That we would have held on to it. (laughs) So I know this horse, Doctor. So I know this <laughs> yeah, horse. I had no idea. Jake, can I call in a contact so we can do a different one? <laughs> so we just start over. Um, <laughs> no, this is gold. <laughs> it's gold, Jerry. So discreet medical services for life-threatening wounds. Four cred. Oh. I've got two cred, but I'm only willing to give up one cred. 
I have four cred currently. Considering that somebody who smashed my van didn't even want to give up any money to fix it. <laughs> Let's fix his broken body. All right. So what are you guys chipping in? I got one. I think it kind of doesn't matter because Garrett's going to owe us. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, well, he'll never pay us back. But I don't want to have to try to collect from this bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Well, I'd say we all chip in one and then and take Garrett's. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah exactly. take Garrett's one. All okay. Right. So who's getting my one then? She is. Nobody. She is. A horse doctor. Yeah. Oh, that's as a tip. We, we the, owe her four. No, the so person. Oh, no, wait. One. one, two, three. Okay. Yeah. No, I got it now. Okay. The only person who deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I gather up the the credits the and, I, and, I, and I hand them over. <laughs> Down to zero. And I put on an extra of my own, so I put in five creds. Oh, there wow. you go. All right. Please, Melissa, anything you can do. She ponders it for a little bit and accepts the you know transfer and walks over to another cabinet and kind of digs way in the back for the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll, why don't you, I guess guess maybe I'll roll for it. Just, just pretend it's buttercup. (laughs) Her favorite horse. (laughs) Did you actually roll your fast talk? Yeah, I got an 11 on that one. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I rolled an eight plus one for the good fast talk plus one for the tip. That's a 10. Nice. nice. Is that good for us? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. we want high on this one. <laughs> that, that's oh, good. that's her doing her medical. Yeah, yeah. that's how good she does the medicine. She's like, I, I had to intern as a people doctor for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll drop you down three slots, Garrett. Okay. Now, your leg with a cane or something, you could walk, but you're still... Fucked. Yeah, you're not mobile. Not fully mobile, I should say. And your cybercoms are still busted. There's nothing she can do about that. Okay. Can I use my traumaderms to deal with the rest of my harm? We also have some in the RV, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you've you've got your medical attention for this this wound. Okay. All right. Well, Makes sense. welcome back to the world, <laughs> Garrett. You're alive. You owe me a, a credit. <laughs> you owe all of yeah. us a credit. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, acts like he's dead again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He like, you know, sort of closes his eyes and like looks out of the one to see if, you know, and then remembers he's standing up. So it doesn't matter. Um, How are you standing? He's, he's got a a cane. It was a spare. Yeah. Where'd you you get the money for that cane? (laughs) It was a horse cane. Is that what you fucking just said? (laughs) (laughs) You can have a cane. Okay, no cred. All right, thank you. I'd like a cane, please. If you want it to be a cyber crane that shoots lasers, then it'll cost money. No, it's it's just like a you know. You don't have money. A good branch from out back or whatever that Doctor Horse brought in for me out of empathy. Melissa. (laughs) Melissa Horse. Yeah. Yes, Doctor Melissa Horse. Doctor Melissa Horse. Hmm. Can we leave? (laughs) (laughs) Unless there's any other excellent role-playing you want to happen here. Melissa, we'll be seeing you again real soon. (laughs) Yeah, probably will be seeing you soon. Yeah, she's now our go-to doctor, guys. (laughs) Oh, just in this area, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Garrett says, thanks, Doc, and then like hobbles towards the RV following Mm -hmm. everybody else. So I think, you know, that probably a couple days has passed in the process to get out there and have Garrett recover. 
to a point where he can at least join you again. Can we maybe use that time to try to get some info off of these broken hard drives? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's use that time wisely, at Mm -hmm. least. I also, we didn't really get to establish what happened immediately after I killed Blunderbuss. But I was hoping to grab any... We don't even know that that's what happened, unless you checked. After I put them unconscious. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to grab whatever comms or cyber anything they had on them. Anything in like a data pad or anything like that. They had their phone on them and that was about it. That's enough. I'll take the phone. Okay, sure. Yeah, I I didn't feel there was a need to play out like the rest of your guys' escape. But if there was something particular you wanted to flash back to, we can do that. I just wanted to make sure I actually grabbed something of importance. Okay. All right. Yeah. So while uh, Garrett is recuperating, the rest of you, you know, head back to the RV and start going over your gains. And yeah, so there, there was the hard drive from the terminal itself. You also found like a couple backup disks in a closet. And I think that was about it. So what are you looking at first and who's doing it? I guess we should check up the backups first and see yeah. what's even on there. I could maybe assist Olivia with that. Sure. The backup disks seem to at least be functional. They weren't damaged or anything, but they were password protected. So it'll be a, a pretty simple... Uh, We'll do synths to hack your way past that. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. What do we got here? Uh-oh. <laughs> not, Uh-oh. not good. You blew all your good rolls last session. We're yeah. not good at hacking, Jake. We've established no. this. <laughs> I rolled a four. Oh, man. Plus zero. We just get a huge error message, and then we're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm open to suggestions here because like, I'd like there to be a more interesting failure than just you don't get into it. I think it could set off some kind of like alarm or something. How is it connected to anything? It could just send out like a beacon or something. I don't know. Mm. His hard drive? Why would it do that though? It's got a little Bluetooth chip in it and it <laughs> sends out like a, like a dead man switch type of thing. How about... The, the stuff on this drive is not that important. Maybe what we find out is that this doesn't have what we need on there, basically. Well, honestly, the, the this, like the backup drive, was not going to have like groundbreaking stuff. Oh, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> so maybe it turns out that all you recover is his porn. Yeah. <laughs> and al- alphabetized and dated. And it's really weird. And you question whether or not we should be avenging his death. His porn is uh, so no. weird. <laughs> <laughs> We're helping the sister, not specifically him. Right. <laughs> it's not a revenge. It's a finding out story. <laughs> right. Okay. Why are you so judgmental, Garrett? I've, I've been on your computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we listened to that burn nightly with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen burn nightly's only fans. <laughs> You've seen it? <laughs> yeah, it's always open on Garrett's phone. Yeah, more like subscribed. Ugh, <laughs> gross. That's the worst. We've all seen it. <laughs> yeah, because he projects it onto the back of the car. Exactly. <laughs> you start to try to log into the system and you accidentally trigger a failsafe that would like delete the drive if it senses intrusion. That makes sense. But you're able to stop it kind of partway through. So there's only kind of bits and pieces of the data left on there. But you find the information on this drive is more actually kind of his personal data. 
So you find like old journals and you know paintings that he's done. Pizza recipe. And, uh, digital art. A pizza uh, recipe. recipe. You really had to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. Did, right. did you get that? Yeah. Yeah. The, the pizza recipe has like three. Oh, yeah. I think that got deleted, unfortunately. It was so good. Damn it. Just kind of combing through some of the data, you piece together just a little bit about Jericho, his life, and kind of who he is. And you get the sense that he's maybe a little more important of a person than you expected, or maybe not important is the word, but there's more to him than just some poor artist living in a part of the city. You find that he talks a lot about his family, and it, it sounds like his family is very wealthy, that they might own some company, and that for whatever reason, he was kind of disowned from this family. But yeah, again, unfortunately, a lot of the data was deleted by that failsafe, so that's about all you find out. Could we try to then at least cross-reference the idea that he has a wealthy family with and try to connect that to them? Because like we don't even know that's his real actual name, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I like that. That that makes sense. I'd say you could then do like a research role just to try to piece some of that information together. Okay, Tis, that's you. We could have just asked Adira her last name when we were standing right in front of her. <laughs> it sounds like maybe they didn't want us to know. Yeah. Probably would have just lied. Hey, Tis? Yeah. You want to do some research? Sure. What am I researching? <laughs> Good listening. <laughs> we're we're trying to find out who Jericho actually is because apparently okay. he might be really wealthy, <laughs> and Jericho may or may not be his real last name. Gotcha. Okay. Henry Jericho, wealthy. <laughs> Those right. are your search terms. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we also know Adira, obviously. Yeah, Adira. We're just, we're just trying to find out who Henry Jericho's family is and who I think who we want to. might kn- actually be. We I think we want to know who Adira is too. Like For I feel sure. like that's I don't I, I don't know maybe that's two different research roles, but it might be. But I mean, I think if we can find out and connect him to the family, a mm-hmm. family, then then we from there we could find out who she is, maybe. Um, I don't even technically have to. I have three of my nose for a story on hold. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. And you can use that just to ask one thing off the research list. Sure. That'll work. Nice. Yeah, if you want to spend one of those. Okay. So guys, take a look at the research list. It is... I think we know what your question is already. Who is Henry Jericho? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Who's his family to be specific? I guess who or what is related to, that's the closest one. But yeah, yeah who, exactly, is, yep. who is he? Who, who, who? Sure. Using a bit more of the information from his like kind of personal records here, you are able to piece together a little more. And you find out that Henry and Adira are the kids of the Seti family who own a couple companies in and around here. Specifically, they're big operation is called Motherload, and it's a mining operation, a cadaver subsidiary. And they're quite wealthy, quite influential as well, because they provide a lot of the materials that Cadabra uses. You don't really know what Henry's relationship is to this family and why he was apparently disowned. You do remember Adira saying that she hadn't talked to him or seen him in some time, so that kind of lines up, but you don't know what happened. But Jericho is their actual last name? No, their last name is Seti. Oh, Seti, right. Well, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, why don't you guys try checking out some of the other data drives and stuff that we that we picked up? 
Right. Yeah, so the other drive is the one that was actually on his, like, terminal. The one that got sliced in half. Yeah, so that mm-hmm. one, you know, it's like all the connections are busted, but right. so you actually have to physically open it up and connect directly to the different diodes or whatever. I was thinking maybe I could spend some gear to help on this. Yeah, for sure. Can 3D print some parts to kind of put this thing back together? Yeah, I like that. Is it, you know, it's it's very delicate work in there, so... Or, or you just want to, like, print some parts to repair the broken connections. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That works. For one gear, you'd get probably a plus one on the roll. I think you could probably spend two for plus two if you wanted. Sure, I'll spend two. Why not? I guess I can't assist on this at all. I mean, you can assist putting the pieces back together. Right. I think you could probably help, yeah, because you, okay. you could even help with, like, the 3D printing itself. Let's see. I got a seven plus two. So there you go. Nine. Got a nine. So... With Olivia's, that's a 10. Perfect. You crack that sucker open. Delicately. Basically, you're able to just kind of bridge the connections on the chip itself to a little, like, breadboard that you can plug into your machine. You dig through his files, and you find, you know, some documents about his show that he was, and the story that he was writing on the Axiom. One of the files you find on the drive is a video file. You play back the video and you see a shaky, like handheld phone video of a loading dock. And it looks like you assume Henry is taking the video. He's up on a catwalk overlooking the loading dock and you see a few things here. There's a truck and a few people, looks like from their regalia, probably Napalm Harvester gang members, and they're unloading a truck. And you see there's another group of people here, two people, one of whom you recognize is Octa Quinley. And she's speaking with another unknown woman who's wearing a a large kind of trench coat-like jacket, but you do catch glimpses of her mostly cybernetic body underneath. And then the cyberware is made of a clear plastic that shows the inner workings. So you see the like fake tendons and synapses with little jolts of electricity running back and forth. Octa and the woman approach one of the crates that the napalm harvesters have unloaded and they open it up. The video starts to shake wildly as Henry tries to run around the catwalk to get a better view of the contents. And when he does, you see a couple different items in the crates. They're in packing foam that's been cut to fit the crate. One of them looks like the silver sentry that accosted you in the apartment. And the second is a little harder to tell at first because it seems to be folded in on itself to be quite a bit more compact than it normally is. But you see a wide rectangular body with a number of antenna and emitters and a long strip of solar panels. And it looks like some kind of like orbital satellite dish. And after a short while, there's a sound of something metallic falling on the catwalk beside Henry. And a few of the gang members look up and see him and start chasing up, running towards the stairs up to the catwalk. And Henry starts running. And after a short little while, the video stops. And that's what you see. Cool. That's that's some good info. Mm-hmm. Good enough that I'm going to X off one of the story clock segments. Nice. nice. Four of six there. So you just need two little, two more little bits of info <laughs> to, <laughs> to, tiny bits. to clean up this story and make it all fit together. Cool. You, you guys did do pretty well on your role on this computer. So, you know, if you have other questions, like if you want to word it as a research question, for mm-hmm. example, or use one of your intel at this point, that kind of thing, then you might get a little more info as well. Mm. I have yeah. an idea. I Well, I do have two intel specifically on Henry Jericho, so I, I think that would work for, for this. What was your idea, Dan? 
I basically just want the location of where that video was taken. Hmm. Check the EXIF data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Docs. <laughs> exactly. Just, you know, we're going to go geocaching for murderers. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like a good one question. Where where was this? Yeah, I think that, that could either be one of your research questions or an intel would give you that too, I think. So this is just to find out where that scene was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we can find out where that warehouse is. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, presumably this happened some time ago, so you don't know if that's still yeah. relevant. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say, is I'm not sure if that would be oh, relevant. They, but they could easily they have changed, changed it. it when they saw him, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or just murdered him and kept their warehouse. That's true. That's what they did in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need some more like evidence on Henry Jericho and his family. That was kind of the road we were going down a little bit. Yeah, that's true. So maybe I could spend an intel on knowing maybe more about Adira, like our client. Like that's what I want to know personally. Can we go over like the mission and what exactly we're supposed to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Like we're sent after to f- find out like why he was murdered, right? Henry Jericho. The the big one was why. And really she wanted to know what was going on here because again, it wasn't the only incident that's happened here recently. Mm-hmm. There have been other murders and mysterious happenstance. So again, because it wasn't like a specific thing, that's why we're doing the story clock. So you kind of get enough information mm-hmm. yeah. to make it work. You certainly have a pretty good idea now of why he was murdered. <laughs> yeah. But you still don't know why this thing is so important that they would kill people yeah. for. Yeah. So that's what the question is. That's what I want to do is I think maybe we need to break into this sphere. Yeah. We need to figure out what this is for. Yeah. And maybe we might have something that can help with that, which is Blunderbuss's phone. Oh. I guess the only thing is we were kind of still like jacked into the system this uh, hard drive thing, right? Yeah, so we, were, so we might as well try to get whatever we can from that right now. We were just thinking like we could get a few extra bits of intel oh, from, okay. from this really quick. Yeah, like I actually totally forgot you guys managed to keep the sphere. So, <laughs> so yes, you do have that for questions. Uh, yes, yeah. I did. Drag it all the way downstairs. <laughs> that's that's yeah. part of why Garrett is the way Garrett. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the whole reason that thing happened. <laughs> Honestly, I think I didn't expect you guys to fight that. So that just kind of <laughs> what happened in my head. Yeah, neither did I. So how how many X's on the story clock? We still have two more. We need two more. We need two more. Yeah. And we have all this stuff. Like we we have this hard drive that we're in right now. We have this yes. we have this robot that we can look into. We have a lot of data that we can use. So like yeah. busting but, up this data got us this most recent X on the story the video, clock, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, right. If if I were not dead, or <laughs> you're conscious, which you're, you're not. If okay, you're not dead. You're coming in and out. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can you can Garrett can be a part of this whenever you okay, want. Okay, so That's Garrett fine. wakes yeah. up and he goes, "Are we at the church yet?" And then falls back asleep. <laughs> Thanks. Because I would say like it's time to move on to the next location and like try to gather more information there. Yeah, like we have intel that we can use later. Okay, I have an idea. Go for it. Maybe he wrote down a note for that other woman who was the one who's all cybered out. Maybe he wrote down, like, even just uh, a nickname for that person or something. Mm-hmm. Some sort of tip off to what their name is. And then I can do some research on that. Which cyber person? I don't remember this part. There was one beside Octa Quinley. The one with the, like, see through armor. Enhancements. Skin. Yeah. Right. There's still the 
century that you can work with. And mm-hmm. there's the church. I think we'll maybe get you the rest of your story clocks segments, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, just, I guess, to fill this part out, you could find out more about the other lady in the video. Sure. One of the other things you find in there is kind of his, like, what do you call that? Like a mind map <laughs> where he's got like names of like relationships drawn to each other and different locations and times and little like questions and things like that, that he's been trying to work on to piece his own little story together. And there's a, a screenshot of that little clip of the video with the woman that was talking to Okta, the woman with the cyberware. And there's a question written beside it, which says Jala. Jala question mark. That's all we got. All right, Jala. Okay. Do we want to find out any more about this Jala person or do we want to... I can do some research. Why don't you guys try to hack into that sphere though? Yeah. See what it's about. You do a little bit of research on the name Jala and, you know, like cross-reference cyberware and that kind of thing. And you do find a picture uh, of who you think this person probably is. And they go by Jala Factor. And they actually used to work for MassCorp, but they broke off and started their own company, their own cybernetics research group called the Nunsuch Group. Jala, during her time at MassCorp, was actually quite successful and quite well-renowned for some of the discoveries she made, specifically in cyberware, and specifically in the kind of neural link between a brain and a piece of cyberware. And she had worked on the advancements to be able to do this remotely. She's also credited with developing, well, kind of accidentally discovering the glitch field, which is what those MassCorp security forces used at the harbor to mess with your guys' comms and that kind of thing. So she's got a pretty prestigious CV, so to speak, but she kind of dropped off the map when she quit MassCorp. Or so we all thought. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Let's find out what the fuck she's been making. Bust this sphere open. Yeah, totally. I get a crowbar. Funk, <laughs> <laughs> you handle this one. <laughs> <laughs> and I lock the door yeah. well <laughs> when Olivia leaves. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, you get the sphere out and you definitely get the sense that this is going to be trickier than the hard drive and that kind of thing. There isn't an obvious way to interface with it. You know, you'll be able to have to crack it open and you're not quite sure what to expect inside. And once you do get in there, it looks pretty foreign to you. Like it's not the kind of tech that you would usually use very much. So it'll come down to a synth roll to see how well you can figure this out on the fly and get in there. Let me do an assist roll real quick. So I got four plus two. Am I rolling mind or synth? Synth to actually be able to interface with it. Gotcha. All right. Jack in. Hey, I rolled 10. And I have a plus one synth. So 11 minus one from Olivia. So just 10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. Not 10. (laughs) I'm like just hitting it with a crowbar while you're actually hacking it. I tried to keep her out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You're able to interface with it again. It's obviously completely proprietary. There's no, Mm -hmm. you know, standard connection that you can use. You have to plug right into the, what do you call it? I make like a, a makeshift adapter to plug mm-hmm. into it. <laughs> and, and even then, it really stands out as unusual tech. You know, it doesn't even seem like an advanced version of tech that you know. It seems like a different kind of tech altogether. Wow. Oh, wow. But you are, you know, eventually able to figure it out with Olivia's help. <laughs> <laughs> help in quotes, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think just because of Bunk's kind of 
way of looking at data differently, right? That he's able to make sense of some sense of this. Mm-hmm. It's music. I'm like, zap, ow! <laughs> <laughs> and th- there's a few interesting things that you piece together from this. Again, one is that it's very unusual in its make and construction. One is that the weapon that it used seems, obviously, you've seen firsthand, very potent, uh, kind of powerful, directed mm-hmm. energy weapon. And you're able to kind of piece some of that information together with the information that Adira gave you about the crime. And, you know, it does seem to be the same or at least a similar kind of weapon that killed Henry. Because you know that he was found with that burn wound Mm. right through his head. Damn. They can fit that shit in a box. That's crazy. (laughs) The other thing that you find out about it, it does seem to have some kind of autonomous function, like it can operate a little bit on its own. But it is also designed to be controlled remotely. Cool. Oh, man, you need to get that app. But you would have to have some kind of special interface to make that work. I want to make a special interface. (laughs) That might be a whole downtime thing. I (laughs) assist. That's definitely not going to be a while you wait thing. But yeah, that's something like a project to work on. Yeah, that'll be maybe my downtime for next mission if I survive. (laughs) Effectively, you found the murder weapon in a sense. Right. (laughs) So we'll give you another block on the story clock connected to this other person yeah and you know a little more about presumably the creator of these strange devices Mm -hmm. all right well as per garrett's every five minutes shouting are we there at the church yet (laughs) let's go to the church (laughs) so back into the van or rv this time and you head back towards the multi-faith chapel where you know that some of these paa sermons are held and particularly the one where you know that Okta is supposed to be soon. Again, it's a former warehouse that has been refurnished as a chapel. As you approach from the outside, you see, you know, there's there's a schedule on the wall and it's almost completely dominated by Axiom sermons now. Whereas it seems like at least its function originally was to <laughs> serve multiple different faiths. Hmm. You see people filing in and find a maybe a little quieter moment to walk in in between two groups and you see on the far end at the podium you see a man in very plain simple looking robes you recognize him from some of your research earlier and this is Dimitri Genova this is the preacher that you had connected earlier to Octa Quinley and he speaks in a deep booming voice despite not seeming to have any kind of amplification And he says to the crowd, come in, come in, we will be beginning soon. And we'll do that in two weeks. Thank you for listening to The House of Bob. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell some of your friends. You can talk to us on social media. We're at The House of Bob on most platforms. You can also come to our Discord server and chat with us and fans directly. If you'd like to support the show, do check out our Patreon. There's a ton of bonus content there, director's commentary, one-shots, RPG zines, monthly blog posts. There's some cool stuff there. You should uh, take a look. I'd like to thank our existing patrons. That's Volt, Tom Wesley, Mike from Tales from the Glass Guarded World, Scooter Emerson, Robert, Ray Kearney, Luke Conroy, Kieran Duffy, Keith Haddad, Josh Jordan, Jessica, Bucket12, and Jessica Colvin. If you've had a name change, send us a message or email so we can correct it for next time. Artwork was by Sean at Sean Makes. Audio production was by Alex of Astronomic Audio. And the music was by John Julius, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. Thanks for listening. 
Have a great evening and roll on. Well, there's earned our explicit tag five minutes into this one. <laughs> uh, three minutes even.